The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. The Word of God for Pentecost Sunday is found in, in Psalm 104, and I'll invite you to pull out your bulletins there. We're on page 11. And if you're with us on Zoom or Facebook Live, it should be right up there on your screen. But pretty soon we're going to take that down, so grab your Bibles out, and and we'd love to have you follow along there. So we're going to be at Psalm 104, and we're going to pick it up at verse 24. Here's what the Holy Spirit inspired the psalmist to write. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom, you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro in Leviathan, which you formed a frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. There's a question that that is drawn to our attention on Pentecost Sunday, at at least to my attention as we read this psalm. What in the world does this psalm have to do with Pentecost? If you look at it, we find in this psalm, None of the dramatic or more provocative gifts of the Holy Spirit. Nobody's falling over in this psalm. There's there's no violent sound of wind, but no wind. There's no tongues of fire. Nobody's speaking in tongues. Not in this psalm. I mean, what does this psalm have to do with with Pentecost? You you know, as as I started to study this psalm, it's 35 verses long. Felt a little bit like, remember those Where's Waldo books when I was a kid? Maybe you read them too. And it was one of those books where you'd open it up and you were supposed to find Waldo and he was sort of buried somewhere in the picture. They do that with Minnie Mouse now. And I thought to myself as I was reading the psalm, but where's Waldo? Where, where, where's the Holy Spirit? This, this is the chosen psalm for the day. Well, where is he then? 
And I had to keep reading and reading and reading until finally, finally, I found them. Verse 30. That's what the, the psalmist wrote. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. When, when, I, when I read that verse, I found not only Waldo, well, I, I, I found the Holy Spirit. And, and no, it's not dramatic. We're not seeing people fall over, speak in tongues or tongues of fire. But verse 30 does offer to us the one deep, deep gift of the Holy Spirit. You know what that is? Renewal. And don't you want that? Call it what you want. The scriptures call it lots of things. Renewal, rebirth, reset, start over, rebirth, new life. Call it what you will, but it's all the same thing. It's the one deep gift of the Holy Spirit. Renewal. He renews the face of the earth. And I know, I know that I want that. And I know that you do too. Now, there's no way that, that we can unravel all of this one deep gift of the Spirit this morning, but I at least want to reflect on this one deep gift, the Spirit's renewal in our lives in two ways. And, it, and they both start with P. One would be renewal in our playfulness and renewal also in our prayerfulness. The Spirit's renewal in this psalm begins on the beach. It's a good place to begin, isn't it? Right there on the, on the beach. He, he, I really think that he's standing somewhere, maybe on Long Island, and he's got his, his toes planted in the sand, and this is what he says. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. So there he is, and he sees the goodness of God's creation, the abundance of it. He says more. He says, there the ships go to and fro, and so the surf is pounding. The good sun is coming down, and if you're bald, you're getting a little bit of a sunburn there, and you are seeing God's vastness, his goodness, his creation, and, and the psalmist's heart just leaps. And then he says something very provocative. There, he says, Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. Now, now that's an incredible thing to say. I mean, in the, can you think of in the Bible a more grouchy creature than Leviathan? A more chaotic beast, a more violent beast. I mean, in the Bible, Leviathan is often often a cipher for the rebellious, the unbelievers, the, the people who have rejected God, the wicked, you might say. And Leviathan is always the great arch enemy of the Lord until you get to Psalm 104. And suddenly Psalm 104, this beast has been tamed. In fact, it, I pictured it this way, this, this giant beast now, someone, the psalmist gets like a stick of lipstick out and paints this giant smile on there. Because do you see what, the, what do you see? 
what, what Leviathan is doing? And I'm going to say it slowly to pause for effect. He's frolicking. <laughs> like he, he, he becomes like this little girl who's, who's running through this field of daisies, frolicking in, in how good God is. You see that? Or, or maybe it's actually, it's more like this. This is more like Oscar the Grouch. Because I was trying to, who's the most grouchy um, thing that, that we can think of? It would be Oscar the Grouch, I think. This is Oscar the Grouch. And, and he's got his toes planted in the sand. He's seeing the vastness, the abundance of God's good creation. And he's smiling. Oscar the Grouch is, is running through this field of daisies and he's frolicking. And if he can frolic, can't you? If he, if Levi, little Levy, if little Levy can frolic, see the goodness of God, can't you? You know how little Levy did it? He has a deep security in God's providence. It, it, it's almost like he has, he has what, what we might say would be a carelessness that flows from faith. You see what I'm trying to say? That, that the Spirit renews our joy, our playfulness. I, I, got, I had to start asking myself hard questions when I, when I thought about little Levy frolicking in God's good creation. And I, I had to ask myself, when's the last time that I frolicked? And maybe you should ask that question yourself. When is the last time that, that you were playful before God? Who, who did not spare even His only Son, but gave you all these things and more? When's the last time? And, and if you haven't frolicked in a while, why not? Have you ever had a single day where you didn't know what you were going to eat? Or, or have you even had a single night where you, you wondered, I wonder where I'm going to sleep tonight? Or has God just been so good to you that, that you have enough for today, and not only enough for today, but for a really, really long time, and that you know exactly where you're going to sleep tonight because God is that good. I mean, maybe, maybe what you need to do is you need to take a trip to the ocean side this Memorial Day. You need to stick your feet in the sand and you need to see the abundance of God's good creation. Say, thank you, Father. You are so good. Look at what your hand has done. You give, you, you satisfy every, every desire of every heart. You give them exactly what they need and you daily forgive their sins. Could we? Oh this pandemic has done a number on us, hasn't it? Could we have a carelessness that flows from faith for just a moment? Could we, could we have a, a, a deep security in the fact that God is good and find ways to frolic? What would that look like for you? What would it look like for you? Would it, would it be asking your kids silly questions just for fun? Or, 
Would it be like going to the beach on Memorial Day and just letting everything go because you can. God is good. What would it look like for you? My prayer is that the spirit this morning would let the joy of the Lord be your strength in such a way that, that you can find times to frolic and become playful. This is the first way that the spirit renews us. The second way, the second way, two Ps, remember, we're doing playfulness this morning and prayerfulness, would be that the Spirit gives us a life of prayer. Now, we as Lutherans, um, we know common table prayers, right? We've got like three that we say at my house. One of them, one of them, uh, in a sense, flows from this psalm. You're going to recognize, I'm going to start saying to it. The eyes of all look to you, O Lord. And you give them their food at the proper time. Can you finish it? You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. See, I saw some of you mouthing that. You know this. It's a common table prayer. It's beautiful. But you know where that common table prayer ends? In this psalm? Right before verse 29. Right before verse 29. And I get it. I I know why. Listen to what it says. It says this, when you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. You see, playfulness doesn't mean that we don't absolutely depend on God every single moment of the day. Deep, deep down, I think one of the reasons why we can't become playful is because we know, we know that if God hides his face, even for just one second, if God decides to take our breath away, well, we die. First spiritually and then physically. And, and the psalmist, he, he, he points that, death, that out. I mean, death came into the world because of our sin. We know the story of creation. Jesus has redeemed us. But we know deep, deep down that the wages of sin is death. So we become prayerful. There's a there's a one of my favorite dog stories. There's a lot of good dog stories out there. Stories like Stone Fox, you know, have you read that book? Or there's also a story called Where the Red Fern Grows. I'm going through all the dog classics, the, the incredible journey. But have you read the book called Old Yeller? Incredible children's classic. And it's it's amazing that it is a children's book. And it's about this, this dog, they called him Old Yeller they were from down in Texas, Old Yeller. And Old Yeller, he was a thieving dog. He, he stole the meat from that family, and the family at first kind of sort of didn't like him. But after a while, Yeller started doing some amazing things for the family. Once he saved the little boy from a bear. Great story. Once, once he, he, he protected a, another boy in the family from wild killing boars, and And another time, the mother of the family was attacked by a dangerous and diseased wolf. But old Yeller, 
he got bit by that old lone wolf. And I was reading this to my kids and Amanda said, are you sure you want to read this to the kids? Because we know how it ends. The little kid had to take old Yeller out back and wow. I couldn't even read this. I couldn't even read it to my kids. It's vivid, isn't it? To see a creature lose its breath. The psalmist is pretty vivid here too. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. You see, when we live apart from the Spirit, we die. Spirit, first spiritually, later physically. I mean, living life apart from the Spirit is, is kind of like getting on a plane at 40,000 feet without wings. Or, or living life apart from the Spirit, it, it, it would be sort of kind of like thinking that the light bulb is going to come on, but it never does come on because it's not plugged in. We are absolutely dependent on the Spirit who gives us life. And so do you see how Pentecost renews not only our playfulness as we see God's goodness and His full redemption of us, but also our prayerfulness. We sang this song at the beginning of the service. We sang it. Jesus, we said, Send us your spirit. Renew the face of the earth. In just a second, we're going to sing a liturgical song. You can probably finish it. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Don't, don't, how does, it, how does it even go? Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Because if he did, if he did, but he doesn't, Take his Holy Spirit from us. He doesn't. He's so good. He sent Jesus to die on the cross to give us full and free redemption. And then Jesus said, I'm going to send your spirit to me. And, and he does. He does send his spirit to us through the preached word, through baptism, through the means of grace, through the Lord's Supper. And so why in the world would you ever think, well, I don't want to participate any, anymore in the things where the Spirit dwells. Why would you ever decide to unplug yourself from the Spirit or to cut off your own wings and go crashing into the ground? The Lord Jesus has renewed us through His means of grace, and He has given us His Spirit. We truly do live, don't we? We are richly and fully forgiven. And, and, and in this way, he renews not only our playfulness, but also our prayerfulness. You know, this is, this is just, you know, personal opinion. I'll say it this way. I think far too many Christians desire the more dramatic and provocative gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's some Christians that, you know, they're kind of pushed into it. You should speak in tongues or you should fall over because the Holy Spirit does that to you, or, you know, one of those types of things. But you know what the psalmist wants for you? None of that. He wants you to be renewed in the Spirit's one deep gift. 
to have new life. To be renewed in a a deep sense of security, to have a carelessness that flows from faith and a playfulness that comes from that in our lives. But, But also a deep prayerfulness to remain utterly dependent and connected to God's means of grace because in this way, day by day by day, we are renewed spiritually from the inside out and one day physically on that great day when Jesus comes again. Amen.